Let's just pretend like we're a super traditional podcast. You ready? Would you write to me? Just hit record. And welcome, everybody. Uh, really excited. To the podcast. Yes, number yeah. six. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> testing, testing. Great, great to have you. So, uh, and there's Sarah. There's Sarah. Uh, uh, we just want to let everybody know this is... Uh, this uh, this episode is uh, brought to you by uh, Wrestler Motors. <laughs> wrestler Motors, the Wrestler Motors way, community driven. Wrestler uh, Motors is a dealer you can depend on for total transparency. You have 20, 2012 cars. You have two thousand ten cars. Uh, you have engines with three point five liters and engines with t two liters, um, and all of them are less than ten thousand dollars. And here at Wrestler Motors, we believe in a best price philosophy. We do not play games or have any sales gimmicks. We give you our very best price up front, so you do not have to spend time negotiating. That's Wrestler Motors. Community in born. Bozeman, Montana. Community driven. Cash community on. born, community driven. All right, let's get to it. Uh, so, all right, all right. So, uh, so tell us, Rob, uh, what was like... What what have you learned from what you just watched from Paul Stamets? And for those well, who don't know, see, well, well, for those who don't oh, know what me. Paul Stamets is, uh, please please go on and, and, and explain who this person is. I uh, well, you know, Sue. Actually, I think the best way to do it would be to direct you to the podcast that Paul Stamets does with Joe Rogan because it's another podcast, and the information that's relevant to that podcast exists in that podcast. And so, I think it'd be best for you to go watch that one, and then I could just tell you, and then we can build from there. How about that? Sure thing. Well, uh, just from what I know about Paul Stamets, he's a he's a mycologist, which means that he studies mushrooms in specific, and he comes to this. Uh, uh, this uh, podcast with Joe Rogan wearing a uh, hat of some sort uh, and uh, it's a very uh, nice looking hat uh, uh, it's made out of mushrooms and uh, basically this guy just talks about mushrooms I was quite amused that he pronounces it fungi because yes. clearly that's the correct pronunciation. Yes, but then Joe Rogan, he's <laughs> he's gonna pronounce it correctly <laughs> when he's because he's so so. Are you saying fungi do this? And he's just okay, okay whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. Uh, it, it 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 really opened my eyes to uh, the capability of uh, fungi, fungi, and its relationship to people and. You know, it's, it's just this thing that grows out of the ground, uh, you know, spontaneously. Uh, and uh, when people consume it, I mean, why, why not consume it? You know, if it, if it doesn't kill you, of course. I have, I have a funny well, story. Uh, yeah, tell me. I mean, I am really fascinated why he's talking about this. What was the micellular? There was a name for it, for the networks, where it's these... He said that mushrooms or fungi make up 30% of the mass of earth of the mm -hmm. soil mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
That's really that cool. for every like what was it? Three feet of roots of tree roots or plant roots, there are two thousand two hundred feet of fun fungal networks. Wow. And and do these fungal networks like is it just just this thing underground that we don't we're not really aware of and they they talk to each other in some sort well you see that's actually the fascinating thing about fungus you see fungus is one of these uh, rare things that actually seems to represent how the entire universe was made because he did say you know there's a good chance that fungus is what built this earth and there's a good chance that fungus builds other earths and or other planets and there's a good chance that the relationship fungus has to animals will be very similar in other planets so there may be fungus and animals on different planets wow that's crazy man uh i have a i have a funny story uh back when i was uh farming in in uh, northern spain you were just a poor uh, little farmer the poor little farmer. I'm only a poor farmer. <laughs> Why uh, you choose me? <laughs> I talk to me. I am, I'm innocent. I don't know anything. <laughs> I just look at the ground. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was an Austrian dude. It was not Italian. And uh, basically, he's had a history of... He, he knows mushrooms. And uh, we went mushroom hunting in, uh, in October. And uh, but he... From his own mind, he, he, he told me, like, the signs of what could be a poisonous mushroom and what could not be a poisonous mushroom. And one detail that I remembered was that if you take a mushroom and there's, like, a cover, there's a thin cover, you know, at the, you know, at the top um, that covers the whole thing. It's like a thin layer. If you remove this layer, okay, if you remove this layer, it'll, from the end, towards the center... It, the, depending on the size or how 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 this peel looks like, you'll you're able you'll be able to determine whether it's a poisonous mushroom or not. So, this is what he told me. He told me that if if the this peel or this layer becomes like a a a, 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 a triangle shape, so it gets smaller as it goes towards the center, that is a poisonous mushroom. And if it doesn't, then you're probably okay. Also, the color the color of it is like. Uh, poisonous mushrooms are, are are usually going to be a bit more expressive, like, like pretty much like frogs or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, really expressive and colorful mushrooms will be uh, dangerous. Um, as you know, on the other hand, it's the less expressive, less colorful are going to be quite normal. And, and by the end of the day, we we found like large mushrooms, small mushrooms. There's this one uh, yellow mushroom. I forgot what it was called, but we just collected a bunch of that. And we he made this bread, this like this mushroom bread that we, we like you can dip it in soup soup and it was just heavenly man, just so heavenly. And I I don't know I just carry this with the rest of my life, like how to determine if a mushroom is poisonous or not. You could save your life one day, so you never know. Exactly, and I think. Did you say that you were mushroom shopping with him? No, no, we like were searching. We were mushrooms? going for no, no, no. We were going into the woods to look for mushrooms, hunting or mushroom hunting. Because mm-hmm. I was wondering what kind of precarious supermarkets are you going to, where you have to determine which ones are the poisonous ones. <laughs> you know, what if what if what if you like make a like an experience like that, like a hunter gathering <laughs> one. Bum bum bum. Like <laughs> exactly, we call it natural selection, and it's like a, an escape room type of thing. <laughs> exactly, like. <laughs> 
There Where's we started. Carl? We got rolling on Where's the ideas Carl? of the day. <laughs> Carl He's gone. Make it. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, I knew it. We shouldn't have taken Paul to this thing. We knew he wouldn't make it. It'll but like, hey, 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 it's natural selection. He's it's an just, idiot. It's we don't need not, idiots in this life. Exactly. There's no space for idiots. <laughs> <laughs> we have no space for idiots. Oh, okay, now we're rolling. So, yeah, we're welcome on. welcome listeners to our podcast, where we will pretend to be a certain type listen. of podcast for the first couple of minutes, so that you listen in for two minutes, decide it's not your thing, and then we start talking normally. Sarah, how's your day? Pretty long. So, raw. We had a professional development where we talked about student... Um, and now with our sponsors, uh, <laughs> we have uh, Paul Stamets and his new movie, uh... Fungi, F- fabulous, fabulous fungi. Fungi, fungi, fungi. F- Anyways, because he's a fun um, guy. Thanks, uh-huh. thanks, Sarah, for your de- uh, your beautiful description. Uh, let's continue with the podcast. Uh, <laughs> of course. <Are> you, <laughs> Excuse me. Are you aware of the the? I'm 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 pretty sure at this point that you're gonna be labeled a misogynist and I think a mansplainer. I I think we should let Sarah finish her sentence. <laughs> Sarah, do you identify as a woman? Yes. Good question. I had to look down to to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Sarah? I do identify. Are you saying as that a gender s- is related to your uh, physical genitalia? No, I am not. I I just identify with it, the sex that I was born with. But that is okay if other people's don't. Yeah. A disclaimer, because that allows <laughs> I, you to be perceived as an open-minded liberal person mm-hmm. correct yes and now you're I have good. a problem with now that now you're you feel guilt you don't you feel guilt-free because you said that i'm clean yes um what was i saying That's before i have a problem with that <laughs> you have a problem with me being clean i have a problem with all of this typical are you offended my friend <laughs> <laughs> I now realize that the beautiful thing is that you can if it's your podcast you do whatever the fuck you want with it because it just it has to have absolutely no structure no rules no. some days you're brainstorming creatively some days you're like you know what I'm just gonna practice a funny voice the whole time hey we could have an episode where it's yeah, all ASM- ASMR it's just nice noises into the mic no actual talking I c- one of us could be, uh, th- you know, for for next or this or this one. Like I could be from the Peaky Blinders. Mm. You know, Sarah, I'm not one to shoot down ideas, but ASMR is the one of those few things I would not do <laughs> at all. Like what? Because what is- in some sense, so okay, in some I'm sense, I'm not the guy to shoot down ideas, but I'm going to shoot down your idea. <laughs> yes. No, because ASMR is the one of the, one of the one things because it, it it makes me very deeply uncomfortable. It does make and me it's uncomfortable. One of those too. things that honestly, I would be more than happy to for it to be done if I wasn't involved in the process of doing it, right? But it's not like oh, I will not have ASMR on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's what it really felt like. <laughs> I feel like as a woman, okay, so that, that taking, really hurt my I'm feelings. I'm taking a... F- oh. <laughs> no. Well, um, listen. Anyways. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm taking a photo of uh, how I look right now and the setup of of, uh, of uh, my microphone and I'm gonna share it with the rest of the world um, I wonder how you guys are set up how about you like you pose with the f with the microphone and put a, a good sort of thumbs up and a smile and you say podcast time and then you link them to our podcast <laughs> Where's the link gone? No, thank you. But just, I, what I do just you think of that a, idea? So, I, what do you I think just, of that idea, Sue? I just, I just posted of uh, uh, an unattractive photo of myself, but uh, to the Discord. But whatever. What, what, what do you think of 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 that idea, Sue? Of posting it where? And posting the link and saying it's podcast time. <laughs> On our Instagram. Yeah. What What do you think of that? Hashtag no. Correct answer. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> All right. Oh man, it's. Um, I agree. Isn't it funny how phallic that microphone looks, staring at you? It's very suggestive. Very very suggestive. It appears is that that she has returned. That was my cue for the balcony, so I no longer disturb. And Great. Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, Sarah, I would love to hear uh, what you thought of uh, Midnight Gospel. Um, loved all every how every episode was a different topic completely. But I mean, even though a few of them kind of intertwined. Um, okay. And how the different universes were an escapism for the main character, and how each time he came back, he had a piece of that which was evidently shoes so he was walking in a person's perspective so like walking a mile in their shoes I like that a lot um, wow. I mean I, I wish I was on like some psychedelics because I feel like just with the animation that would have been wild yeah but, for sure for sure but it's sober, definitely designed for that yeah but sober it was still very enjoyable um, mm -hmm. also like the whole concept that I was like a podcast audio first and then transformed into a show made it like isn't that brilliant yeah i love that so much because it made it just so much less not serious but just like it was like you were just listening on a conversation not seeing it was less written exactly it just felt so less written mm -hmm. wow i'm really glad you but watched isn't that it. what makes those uh rick and morty sort of um, cutaways so popular because they improvise I don't know I don't oh the Rick and Morty yeah I don't watch Rick and Morty but I, I feel like the audio in itself just feels different mm -hmm. I don't know why but it's it's either because it's a podcast and that's how it is or or it's just the way they talk I'm not sure man I think it's also because they're the way that they go about like with each conversation is so nonchalant and somewhat oblivious to all the destruction that usually happens around them mm -hmm. is kind of like when you i don't know like for me like when i listen to podcasts i usually like put my headphones in and like go on a walk and just kind of mm -hmm. like what is it forget like everything else that's going on around me which kind of seems to happen in the show mm -hmm. yeah wow Really cool. That's great. 
Robbie, you've, you've uh, I, th uh, I think you've watched uh, one episode. <laughs> Man, I'm having a very different experience right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm standing standing out on the balcony, and I hear I, I hear this sound that sounds like the floor under me is cracking, and I I'm really I'm looking around for it, but I can't see it. I can't see where it's going. I'm, I, I it's definitely coming from our door, and I see that it's Leslie taping up the door from the inside. To, I think to stop the cold air from coming in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, or, I'm sorry, that was, or I was it scared the shit out of me To like, kind of like not let you in Yes That's that's also a possibility That was the immediate thought I had I don't blame yes. her You're out and you stay out <laughs> You, you Talking man Disturbing my yes. presence <laughs> It's suddenly different, you know, when you're outside, when you know that people can hear you. There's um, there's less desire to be like, so, you know, I'm that podcast guy who's going to have a good time. <laughs> so, uh, I'm here. Uh, I, I live in Washington, D.C., and uh, it, people are getting ready. It's, uh, it's the biggest day of the year for D.C. Washingtonians. Mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow, it's uh, the resurrection of the Democratic uh, Party uh, after Christ. four years of... Uh, Horribleness, Christ. <laughs> basically, Christ to the liberals. Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Joe and, Biden. Uh, Jesus and, Christ. Yeah, it's same thing. Whatever. Anyways, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great, man. Like, there's just a there's a bunch of security and uh, army, and mm -hmm. they, they have a they have a, like a vigil tonight. Uh, his uh, a what? A what? A what? A what? A what? And, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's happy times. Just tense but happy. Tense but happy. Do you feel uh, safe? Tense but happy. With all the army around you and everything. <laughs> That's the issue. That's like I don't understand. Like, listen, what safe? This is this is my mindset when it comes to uh, you know like security things in the world. So if there's a war happening in Somalia, okay, I know that there's a war happening in Somalia, but Somalia has a very large uh, area. Like, it's just a large country, okay? Wars happen in a very small areas in in a country. And it's not everywhere is a war. And you cannot, you can't assume. You can't, you can't just, like, judge a whole country or a whole city of, you know, some tense thing that happened uh, just because it happened and everybody sees it in the news. You know what I mean? Like, in Palestine, like, oh, yes, there was whatever, people died or people were hit but that's just one incident and it's it's also one location and everybody's like i mean i'm not i'm not commenting on what you just said i'm just commenting on in general like are you safe like is everything okay and it's 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 i love the intention but i don't know i just like <laughs> part of me is like everything's fine like everything would be fine like well no i, I was know. saying that just because like no matter what i feel like there are the um people from the army or military there in general not just because of what happened a few weeks ago or oh, yeah, last yeah. week not, uh oh maybe you're right yeah i mean it's, it's just uh it's like uh, 10 15 minutes away from me and uh i haven't seen it nor am i interested in seeing it mm -mm. well it's pretty cool though it's really cool it's different the, the the world will feel different tomorrow. Yeah. To many to many Washingtonians at least. 
So honest question, is this is this truly cuz when you opened the subject I thought you were doing so sarcastically. But is this no. truly something out of and I'm asking honestly, I'm really asking, is this truly something that you are interested in? No. I mean, uh, listen, it's a it's it's a historical moment, right? Uh, and whether we like it or not, this is this will affect uh, affect many lives, you know, around the world. But both, you know, on a policy level or, you know, world politics level and on, you know, minuscule level, but individually. Uh, but do I read more into it? Do I, you know, want to watch the inauguration? Not really, no. I, I went to the inauguration for Obama in 2012, but, and that was cool. Like, you just see a bunch of people and it's, it's fun. But really, other than that, no, I'm not really interested. You know, I honestly get almost a sort of gagging sensation when thinking of associ- of actually spending time, you know, three people, three creative, interesting people, spending time talking about something like politics. Yeah, I mean, like politics, politics is important in, in some sense, right? I, I, I have to argue that and, uh, because it does affect us and and it's, it affects our daily lives, um, but to discuss politics in in depth and to go really into it, it's it's over our heads because we don't really have it like a part in it. It's I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think even the fact is being a political commentator doesn't exactly result in no. Anyway, that's a whole separate no. separate story. What, yeah. what I'm saying is, like, what was the reason we got into this in the first place? I don't know. I was like just I was just putting myself no, 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 in into into the podcast. I'm saying, like, what was the reason we? What is it that thing that we felt needed recording? Oh, in general. So that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm. It's not to put any rules on the podcast. It's to say, well, clearly at some point we felt compelled to do the podcast because we felt like there were certain type of conversations that we were having that we liked to continue having that we wished were recorded in some way, and so this became an excuse to do that. What are those conversations? What? What? How do you interpret that? And I Sarah, for that matter. Um. Uh, you can go, go ahead, first. Sarah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it, that was kind of what we talked about last night, Rob, about like if we thought or knew people were listening to this, how would it change the conversation and how we talked? Um, so I think that changes also like the topics of that we want to talk about and just like the formatting of it is something to think about. And I think like coming out the gate with this, like doing like fake sponsors and stuff like that, like it already like put the, not the pressure, but like the idea that someone could be listening to it besides the three of us. Uh, In yeah. a sense, I see what you mean. I see. I completely see what you mean because it turns it from a performance to a... Uh, from a conversation to a performance. Even, even if there is no intended audience, a performance without an audience still feels like a performance. Mm-hmm. I see that. I definitely see that. Yeah. For me, it's just... Uh, recording our conversations and uh it's it's an ebb and flow of talking about ideas and talking about whatever and it's you know ideas and whatever kind of always mix and we kind of don't know what what that is and it uh, we, t- we also talked about this rob with the idea of developing an idea because it, it is recorded and 
it, the medium allows us to to go into those depths and allows us to really focus on what we're trying to say um, and that's a beautiful thing and it's, I think it's important but it doesn't mean that we have to uh, you know strictly think about our thoughts or our uh, our writings or uh, it could be just really anything really anything it's just our, our what we talk about well the rule is to follow wherever your mind seems to want to go with a basic sense of okay no politics no certain subjects that just it's we're not here to simply have a discussion of opinions right it's it's more at least i've always saw, seen it as this sort of exploration of whatever questions people have things that people are curious about but again i'm i sound like i'm putting rules and i i don't like the sound of it so no i'm not going to put any rules it's not like as soon as you put one rule it's it's where does it end so no there's no rules you yeah, do as you want the sponsors are it's a, it's a it's a funny thing because you know we define this as a podcast or whatever and usually podcasts have have sponsors but and we, we ridicule that idea uh, but it's not necessary at all it's like completely we don't even have to do that and we don't have to show dude dude okay okay wait 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 <laughs> we have to rewind <laughs> it's why? getting too serious man look you, you know why we did the Toyota thing why to crack each other up <laughs> okay that's exactly what I'm saying I'm saying we're making fun of it that's what no but that's why we did it like and I that was it I, as soon as I was sounding like I was saying some form of acknowledgement to Sarah I was like wait a minute that's not what we like we honestly wanted to crack well, Sarah well no like up. I understand I understand what you're doing I'm just saying in terms of like making it sound like a more formal podcast that's usually how one starts but I like it I thought it was <laughs> funny <laughs> Okay, okay. Interesting. I mean, to be honest, it, it felt kind of fun and almost liberating to embody something that clearly wasn't you so that you can play something that isn't you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really anything. It doesn't have to be... It's whatever goes. <laughs> you know, like some days I'll have a certain type of voice that I'll put on. It's like, this guy is the, the really disagreeable one. <laughs> it's just a dick. <laughs> yeah. You know, when, when it talks like this, you know. <laughs> It's like shut up. Or I mean, whatever. It's just you can. But I, I'm sure people do this. And in the end, like, I, it's not like I. It's interesting. On the one hand, it's it's saying okay, we could use the medium of the podcast to explore artistic sort of directions. Or on the other hand, it's like, well, this was just the whole point of this was not to perform for anybody, right? Not to make the center of attention us, but rather to make the thing about just people talking without the name being man isn't that strange already this discussion of definition maybe we should just uh, avoid the discussion entirely (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we should just talk about stuff stuff yeah if you have an idea that you're like oh man I'm struggling with this idea or like uh, you know just I have this really cool thought yeah we can discuss it huh I don't know the last time I had a just like a random cool thought uh, I feel like you do have many yeah <laughs> Sarah's like uh, yeah <laughs> so you know alright I uh, somehow so, I want to I, I, I kind of want to roll back for a second because you know at least what the nature was of a couple of conversations that we had over the last few days is that they were real they're just real conversations and I think for some reason there's this because we really made fun of the whole concept at the, the beginning there was it kind of shocked the system into 
knowing that we're here to have it we scheduled it you know we're here to have a conversation and suddenly you feel like you're doing a podcast and it sort of i think misses the point of what we're doing you know we essentially want to just talk about our crazy ideas and once again try and define the podcast <laughs> no i don't think we should do just, just go with the flow isn't defining something basically putting a rule on something yes I, listen, the, the joke was <laughs> that somehow I managed to circle myself back to the definition without even so, realizing. I start the point in like you know, total sincerity, you know, uh, good. So, 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 so Sarah, uh, do you drink uh, like Sarah? So, yeah. Do you like the wine of Sarah? I've not had it. <laughs> um. Are you certain of this fact? Uh, yes, I am certain. Interesting, interesting. Well, I do recommend you you try it because uh, it is your name, and uh, that is true. You should know what you're called by, like. I should know where my name comes uh, from. But I mean, usually from my experience, uh, Sabra is usually, but uh, people think of it as uh, full-bodied, uh, like bold flavor of fruit and dark berries and uh you know stuff like that so if you if you feel like you i feel like that could huh do you think you're a bold flavor kind of person do you think you're a full-bodied person does this <laughs> Syrah really all these words resonate with me <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> how much how much do you know about wine or how much do you like wine i like white wine i don't really know that much i like if i was to taste it and if i had like four glasses in front of me and you told me to taste and say which one was which i could not do that interesting that's great white wine is great too yeah uh what about you rob what about me <laughs> i feel like you just drink wine just just to drink wine whatever I mean, I floats do, the boat I, I, it's not, I mean, I do recognize that there are, there's a difference with a young or old matured wine, ones that have texture or whatever. I mean, I can, t I can taste if they're interesting, but I, I have trouble telling you if I think it's, at least between the good ones, I don't see the new ones. Oh yeah, I remember, <laughs> we were like, we tried this experiment to uh, see if uh, one of our friends like was able to discern whether this was a good wine or not a good wine based and we the, the way we we chose the wines were based on price mm. so the wines that we, we usually had before were a bit more on the expensive side uh, but the ones that we got were a little bit on the cheaper side and we we're like okay let's see if like <laughs> if she appreciates the wine or not and uh it turns out that it what what what, what was the result People could not tell. <laughs> oh. So. Price does not matter. <laughs> it's just a, yeah, price is just a number. Well, I mean, look, I think depending on the palate, certain people can tell. But some people can't. A lot of people can't. Yeah. I I, I believe that with anything, like, you just, it's it's better to know the story uh, of, of the winery and, and the product that you're buying and how it's made rather than just you know basing on price and uh like how it, how it looks like 
It comes in a box, a bag, yeah. a bottle. <laughs> a can. Canned can. wine. Yes. Okay, now I remember what the whole um, reason was that we initially, I found it, that we initially wanted a podcast. We essentially just wanted a way to document the creative process. That was one part. That, that was one part of it. Yes, for sure. Um, but also, like all these ideas that we—I mean, every time we we were, you know, in the, the creative process, we recorded our, ourselves to be able to go back to it or and develop it if if needed, right? Or to remember it. So that's yeah. I guess that's where it started. It's just to record our ideas. So we have Sarah and I had an idea yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Uh, we were discussing your uh, taste. And, My taste? Um, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and at some point, I had to... I sort of dug myself a hole. I wasn't saying things that were um, necessarily that accurate. And so I said, well, no, you know, he, he does have taste. For example, he has good music good music taste. And I said, if, um, if Sohaib played music, he'd probably create good music. But he doesn't play any music. And then Sarah said... Oh, he plays the harmonica. And then... <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, uh, Sarah had an idea. What was the idea? That um, you go into a secluded shack, kind of like the one in the beginning of Shrek, and we film you. Okay. Really embodying the harmonica. So it's just you in that uh, instrument and you become a master was the gist of it I, Sarah I feel like uh, you're, you're missing some of the, the key points here what are the key, po- <laughs> what are the key points he's in a shack well the whole idea was that we wanted to create a space that would lead to no distraction oh yeah so at first we said a log cabin but we decided it was too large so instead we decided an outhouse and Sarah said that's good because at least he'll have a toilet yeah. and I said yeah at least he'll be able, well, he won't be able to be horizontal, but that's not a problem. But the idea is that we film him, but we wanted to make sure you didn't get distracted. So we considered having chains as well. And so if we put you in that space for seven days, and just all you have are like DVDs of harmonica lessons. Wait, the, <laughs> the chains are the, n- that's new. I just said we could have like a little small doggy door where we slid you food. Now would be the only way out. Both of these, both of these statements are true. That the chains were new. That you added that. No, oh. no, the chains were not new. Sorry. The doggy door was true. You mentioned the doggy doors, and I had mentioned the chains. Oh. I can tell you, I went through it <laughs> many times. <laughs> many times, a podcast that will never see the light of day because we were technically not in the right place. Wow. Oh boy, that's a, a Bonnie Vare kind of thing, you know. What is going to going to a shack, make some music, in I complete isolation. But he was sad, you know. I don't know if I would be this sad. Is, so I, this is um. Now we were talking about doing doing it against your will. Oh, there's no choice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But it, it's like, it, this is one of our YouTube videos, you know? This is 
We locked our friend up in a log cabin for seven days and told him to learn the harmonica or else we'd kill his dog. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my god. Oh and you say God. it, and like the, the thumbnail has like your your face in a crazy contorted position, and there's like a red circle pointing to something, and it's like one of those classic YouTube thumbnails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the dog, like, <laughs> the, like it's like cut, like the the head is cut, but like not cut with blood, just like a, a, you know, like just like separated with a line. It's not gory or anything. It's just like <laughs> just a red line over. Its or like head. I don't know. You put like googly eyes on the dog, like oh, like. <laughs> so, so I, what? Can you imagine the, how invested people would be if you like show a really, really sweet, cute dog in the beginning, and then say, "Well, this is the threat. He has seven days to learn the harmonica, as to the satisfaction of these three judges, or we kill the dog." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No. It, like it, it has to be a dog, right? It has it can't be like a sheep, you know? Like sheep, it can kill a sheep and then eat it. But we cannot eat, eat dogs. Or yeah, could be a goat. I mean, I think it's maybe it's not. Re- maybe the the a it'd hamster. be too disturbing for people. Well, we don't need something. That, I'm not. I wouldn't even be that attracted to the story. I would. I would. Wouldn't even be focusing on. It. I'm like, please fucking get better, so I fucking get better at the fucking harmonica. I don't know. You know, every moment where it shows you struggling, you'll be like, oh my god. I'm gonna kill you. will be like, day five and you're breaking down. You're like, I can't do this. Right? I can't do this. I do, I I can't, can't I do imagine that. Just like, I mean, it despair. It seemed like you almost broke down when you were doing it for a few hours. Oh, oh interesting. Was that, was that your perspective? No, you didn't. Well, no, it seemed like you were just getting frustrated. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, it's pretty frustrating, right? The learning curve requires uh, frustration. Mm-hmm. It is uh, part of it. It is only part of it. So, yeah, you're totally right. Um, Here I wrote podcast notes, episode six. Lock Sahib in a log cabin with chains. <laughs> Maybe just an outhouse to learn the harmonica. Yep. That's a touch, man. I have a question. Ask away. What do you think of the concept of a generalization? Of what? what? Of things? In general. Just the notion of generalization. I think we need to have generalizations to be able to move forward with a certain topic. If you have if you're too specific about things, then nothing will be get done. And uh Yeah, that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Sarah. Sarah. Uh, honestly, I've never thought about the topic, so I don't have an idea of how to react or answer this question. Since, in itself, it's very general. Not concise. (laughs) I mean, it's a specific question about what you think of the nature of generalization. (laughs) Like, generalization could could be stereotypes, for example, Mm -hmm. or it could be uh, boxes, like... A bunch of boxes well well specifically like there's this box and then there's no they're all boxes so you can you know what i mean so it's it's a for me it's a way to move forward you can't you can't be too detail oriented mm-hmm. sometimes i have this hunch that we build our entire understanding of everything on generalization 
Okay. It has to be. It has to be because everything yeah. that we understand is a multiplication of that which we've seen or experienced or maybe heard. Mm-hmm. Like every car you see, the way you behave in reaction to it is as a result of what you've learned about it, which is a generalization as such because you don't, you can't know each specific case. So why is it so strange that we have generalizations for other people? Yes, you te- like you're telling me you can't make a generalization about Arab, like general Arab culture, as opposed to German culture. You can't generally say that people are not punctual in Jordan, for example. Exactly, exactly. When you're experiencing something for the first time, you you this is the only information that's given to you, and therefore, when something else similar comes up, um, you know, in another encounter, uh, you have to make assumptions in order to be able to. Uh, predict or I, 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 that's my opinion to predict or to be able to uh, behave in a certain way or adapt mm-hmm. it's a way of uh, adaptation I think it's just it gets a bad rap when really it's everything it's the whole thing and people don't seem to understand what it means to generalize every, every time you, you come up with an argument people say well they'll offer you a counter example which totally misses the point because yeah. no generalization ever says that it's an absolute statement. Yeah, and uh, for me, it's it, that's an you know it's an issue with culturally, you know, individualistic cultures versus communal cultures. It's it's for individualistic cultures, it's always about me, 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 and what I want and what I think and what, uh, as opposed to other other you know the communal cultures where it's about us and the generalizations on both sides happen but one is more problematic than the other you know but anthropology is okay but we cannot generalize on based on our anyway it's a, it's a whole other subject <laughs> yeah it sounds like I'm angry about it but I'm not angry but categorization is important too right I'm not sure I really question this wine versus whiskey yeah. but uh, would you Yes, look, I see what you mean. In some sense, uh, there's clearly a distinct category there. Yeah, there are defining features for this type of drink and defining features for this type of drink. Of course, they go into alcoholic drinks, but you have to have, you know, and then you have bourbon whiskey, and then you have white wine and red wine, you know, just... Okay, so how about this? Um, Yes, the categorization exists insofar as you can compare, okay, it is two different types of beverages, but the categorizations are not black and white. Like, if you put grapes in whiskey, you could, at some point, you could call it wine, or on the other hand, you could call it whiskey. Yes. And that there is an overlap of the categorization. Yes. And you have to allow for that, right? Music, on the other hand, too, it's like even a better example for what you're saying. Because uh, you don't know where anything starts and where anything ends. In terms of a genre, right? I mean, but it's all... In the end, these are... I'm not not as interested in man-made creations that we try to categorize. Mm. I mean, in the end, it's just... (laughs) It's just uninteresting. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the categorizations that we create to try and understand the world that we live in that are interesting to me. That's true. Do you notice that suddenly? Because Joe Rogan he talks about um, the um, the problem with three people podcasts. 
he really, really dislikes them. He does them only sometimes when you have to. And I was really trying to think about why that was. I, it never really clicks for me. And I, I think my suspicion now is that feeling that... And that's that feeling that I can't seem to shake. That everything we... Um, by me speaking now and you speaking now, in some sense it's taking away an opportunity to speak for the one person who is not directly in that that little spell of conversation. So you're always sort of aware of the space that you're taking. I don't know. As that person right yeah. now, yeah. I don't feel that way because just listening to the that conversation was just really interesting. There were a lot of points that I agree with um, that I would, I'm like, I know I can chime in at any time. I was just like enjoying listening to that. Okay. Part. Exactly. Okay. It, it adds, yeah, another perspective, mm-hmm. you know. So I had a thought yesterday. I uh, watched the first like seven minutes of The Man Who Wasn't There, the Coen Brothers movie from 2009. And I paused it and just wrote down like one sentence. And then suddenly I ended up writing three pages because it, I realized, wait a minute, that's what an interesting type of exercise to do, you know. Um, elevate yourself to a higher plane with whatever herb or substance you choose or even if you don't have to, of course. Um, turn on one of their movies, watch a scene, understand that everything they do, every single thing they do has meaning and they don't look to to make... Exp- they don't look to give answers, they only look to pose questions. That's something that they do extremely well, posing questions. And so watch any scene, stop and th- ask yourself what are the questions they're posing. And then once you find the question they're posing... Ask it to yourself and see how you reflect upon it. And I noticed it was just this incredible, enriching exercise that took the relating to the movie to a very, very different experience. Uh, Yeah, movies... You know, with a book, when you're reading a book, you are... If you, you know, glance over something really quickly or... If an idea is so affected you so much that you want to read it again, you, you it's e- much easier to go back into a book and read that. But mm-hmm. but for films, we 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 think that it's like this 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 big this one thing that is going from beginning to ending, and that's it. You know, what I mean, you 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 can't go back to the scene and, and while you're watching it, you know, what I mean, you can't just you know click and choose or analyze the specific scene. For some reason, that's what we think, you know. But but for people who who are interested and and you know for example you you love the Coen brothers it's it's imperative that you really go into the details to be able to really understand them and and have for them to have the correct influence uh towards you it's it's in a way respecting what they have and what they make i think i've um i've worn leslie out quite a bit trying to sort of tell her about the different things and i can never really go in depth and I want to try and explain that thing that I've been understanding about their films, or at least through describing the opening couple scenes of this movie, how it sort of lines up with my theme of how I understand their films. Because uh, I've, I've... Tell me. Ahead. Sorry. I, th- I think it's important to write this down and to create a... It's uh, all there. It's a succinct. It's a, it needs to be something succinct and... Uh, sorry, not succinct. Uh, a, a piece of writing that you can have an, a beginning and ending for example that's uh, at least what I'm thinking right now it's it's you need to not just thoughts it has to be this cohesive thing so, 
anything cohesive starts out as a thought, right? Yes. And so the whole function of the podcast is what I, Sarah and I were talking about yesterday. It's that idea that, I, mean, I think you and I talked about it as well, so I, that idea that by by talking to someone, you end up being more convincing than by talking to yourself, and you're able to form arguments that are more logical because you understand that there's somebody listening trying to follow your thought, right? Mm-hmm. And so it it when it's recorded in some sense, that's great because you don't have to think at all about slowing down. You express the thought at the time and the pace that it comes. You're not trying to input it with your fingers when typing. You're just expressing it. And you get to have people listening. The podcast is an excuse to have a captive audience where you say these are people who are here purely to be here. And so you feel sort of safe explaining it. We talked about it yesterday that, you know, I think Sarah would probably really enjoy just talking about bones for about an hour. Yeah, I think uh, like... I I would really love to hear about that too. (laughs) Well, like also on that point, just like talking to someone and knowing someone's across the way, it's just like, even if the response isn't necessarily reciprocated, but just like the validation that like your thoughts are out there and someone's there to hear it is nice i hear you i understand you i recognize <laughs> I you. i see you well not really but. i see you <laughs> i guess i'm always what would be really fun for me and this is what i'm attracted to one of the sides of, that i'm attracted to about the podcast is that if you put your thoughts out honest and true eventually you might have a couple people who really think like you or think in an interesting way that is interesting to you and would challenge you in an interesting way and you end up being exposed to them because they get in touch or anyhow. And so you sort of cast a a wider net or at least you shoot a a higher flare to try and attract your people, you know? Mm -hmm. I I have a lot of trouble. I've never really met people that I find to be anything like me. Clearly, my track record would show that I don't need friends to be like me to be friends to be friends. In fact, probably I think people who are anything like me are better off being friends with people who are nothing like them. Quite possibly, yes, because you feed off each other. Yes, uh, I really like the analogy of like a. The, the cartoon of the Titans, for example, or anything like uh, the Avengers, mm-hmm. or any of these games where you have to choose a character, where it's like you always have this like the large guy who's slow but strong, or like the small guy who's fast but like is uh, not very powerful, or, or I don't know, like just these different superpowers. And I I see that in my friends and and the people around me because. Uh, each one of us provides something different and you know it's not like someone's better than the other it's just different and that allows for a you know a great way to grow a great to be a cohesive unit to uh, provide you know provide something that I don't have like have my friend provide something that I don't have in the other way around so we're just better people together hey I have a question for both of you shoot have either of you partaken in the happy herb? At the current moment, n- no. No. Okay, I think this answers uh, this um, Im- this balance that I was experiencing. Balance or imbalance? Uh, I said disbalance. Okay. I suppose imbalance would have been a correct word. And why do you think uh, so? Well, it's like how Thar said he would refuse to be in the room with anybody who was sober 
doing um no but doing mushrooms yeah he would refuse and so i don't understand that who said that because it's a very different wavelength it's just a friend oh. of ours and so our But it was also mentioned that, like, a conversation doesn't need to have, you know, both ends need to be on the, that wavelength, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you can have one person kind of in their own wavelength and and talk. and but, uh, The conversation happens, right? But I understand the value of having people, two people, you know, who have partaken and the value of that. I see it. Yeah. It's like the idea of having sober fun. Yeah, people should should um, probably hold that in high regard. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I did think yeah. of it. I was like, no, maybe, maybe not this time. Maybe next time. Maybe next, time. maybe next time maybe next time and with that uh, thanks thanks so much Rob thanks uh, Sarah <laughs> <laughs> and stop and, uh, we'll see you next time and that's stop. how we ended it last night we just said stop and that was it <laughs> yeah it's, you don't have to have any closing remarks so who are you talking to you're not talking to anybody exactly and they won't know if we talk after we say stop. But yeah, we we said it and we didn't stop, and so. Oh. Well, no, we stopped recording, but we oh, didn't you stop guys talking. Stopped. Oh, I mean, oh. listen, conversations happen before and after a podcast. You know, mm -hmm. it's just what it is. Hey, so you guys both stopped. When? Just as in you no. stopped recording. No, 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 no. 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 Did you? So you're still recording? Yes. Yes, we've been, uh, we were sorry. Yes, as of my, okay, uh, my, my sense is I feel like we're still near the beginning of what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is all okay. near the beginning. Uh, it was kind of jarring when you guys, like, you guys just like, stop us. What? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, everybody, thank you so much for uh, your time. <laughs> Come back next week when we talk about. Okay. LSD in conversation. Oh, we so, talk about bones. What I was trying to understand from these con films is that they explore this idea that men are trying to make their name mean something. They're trying to make their name, who they were in this world, mean something. And their name is the representation of that. That's why I, I like the idea of going with first names on this podcast. So they're trying to make their name mean something. And I thought, wait a minute. Okay, for celebrities, imagine. you know, I think most celebrities would be able to universally tell you that the love and affection you get from people who don't know you feels very thin and hollow because they love a, a doppelganger version of you. They don't love you. And that doppelganger version exists outside of your control because it exists in how people represent you, not in how who you are. And so you realize that in that sense, the only way you'll ever be remembered is by how people represent you, at least for those who didn't know you. So is it not more important to simply be valuable to the 
immediate people around you to the people you care about and just to try and make their world better rather than trying to make your name anyway that's a different question we all agree that and so the Cohen films they create this this idea that you are trying to make a name for yourself except the fact you don't actually have any control over that fact they show that with the fact that their films often things completely spiral out of control in most of their narratives where with a small seemingly innocent but often not really that innocent idea and then they let it sort of follow into all sorts of crazy paths and I I was really trying to reflect in the beginning of uh, A Serious Man is it opens on a scene where they film it not even in widescreen in 4 by 3 and it's it's clearly set in like the year of what 1500 or I don't know but there's a, a just a family of father and mother in a candle lit fire lit um, cabin and they're speaking Yiddish to one another and the father comes home and he essentially or the guy I don't know if they have kids they're speaking Yiddish and it sounds kind of sounds like German and um, the guy says that he got trouble with his, his carriage or with his cart on the way home in this cold blizzardy night but no problem because this one particular guy was there happened to be there and he helped him and as soon as he said that his wife looked shocked or looked uh, immediately intimidated threatened and angry that the guy that she'd mentioned that that he'd mentioned had actually been a ghost he's dead wow and the man at some point the ghost shows up at the at the door or the guy shows up at the door. The woman does not believe that he is real. At some point, the woman stabs him. But the man is sort of angry at the woman. It's like, no, he's real. He's real. Of course he's real. Look, he's in front of us. He's real. And he's like, I'm a rational man. He's real. He must be real. And the woman's like, no, he's not real. He's a dibuk. He's a, he's a demon. She stabs him, and he sort of acts offended and, and walks out. Okay, I thought, man, I'm trying to understand... Um, <laughs> I was really trying to understand the significance of it and I don't really get it yet but I had it through the back of my mind it's that all the information that you could possibly have when you live in a world like that is from the immediate things that you have seen or the things that you have heard other than that those are the only things you've ever experienced right that was how things were passed either you have seen it yourself or you heard it. So most likely your entire view of the world is something you heard, which is actually pretty much the same as what we still have now. But we think we're more enlightened because we have the internet. Anyway, and then the, the film actually opens and it's this shot down the ear canal and it feels like you we still it opens on a really black frame with a small circle in it and the circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you realize you're in an ear canal and you hear Jefferson Airplane and the truth is here or whatever it's I don't know the name of the song. And then it sort of shows the ear, like a, a kid listening to an ear pod, or, but it's in the 1950s, Jewish Minnesota, America, and he's, like, he's just listening to that music in his, in his um, Hebrew class. And at least my interpretation of the time is that it's like you cannot see the past, you can only hear of it. And so this, and because you can only hear of the past, by closing your ear wait how, how did i how did i write this that's better maybe i'll just read what i wrote it says this changes with the advent of film prior to that the world was just what you've seen personally and what you've heard this pre-teenager who is on the precipice of manhood wait okay i have to go back and i wrote this myself wait 
if if legacy was passed down by ear, you know, legacy of paternity of what people were, who they were, it must have been heard. But when we're young, we're not really interested in another's legacy or of our own ancestry. We're sort of perpetually uninterested in our own, what we're going to be. We're just kids living, being kids. And then I, so I said, think about fame. The famous all admit, oh, I, that's the whole doppel, doppelganger thing. See, I go on these tangents. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, no, I'm trying to find where. The, so. Yeah, the, I said, wait, who am I? If what I'll be remembered for is not who I was, but what I've done. So the man, so the man who truly. My stupid handwriting. Truly, truly seek the man who truly seeks paternity is the man that is actively fathering things into existence. What does I mean by that? Not that people were thinking. Anyway, that was a totally Only. separate thought. That I'm... Yeah. So and then they showed him because the teacher finds the Walkman that he's listening to, and now he's and, and now he's sitting in the principal's office, and it's just shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot of this thirteen-year-old pimply ginger. Jewish kid with a bowl cut looking kind of dead-eyed opposite an old kind of feeble old man who's just sitting there and I think the film was asking like men are trying to make a legacy for themselves but this is what you have to look forward to being an old man you know just a serious like this is what you have to look forward to as a human being you know because that's where it goes Mm. I'm just letting you know I'm leaving for like 30 seconds so I can feed my dog, but I'm still recording. <laughs> just so you're aware. <laughs> She's crying. What? Wow. I said, um, and then they're showing the main character of the film as he's having a physical and he's being like poked at and prodded at. His earthly body is squishy and imperfect. Is this what the boy has to look forward to in manhood? We we want to be remembered fondly if you want to be remembered fondly die young before achieving anything you'll leave your entire like school community thinking about you every now and then throughout the rest of their lives <laughs> uh, if you die old everyone's like ah, just old guy <laughs> died like everyone <laughs> you also want to make sure your your death is relatively uninteresting or not remarkable because often the way a lot of people the way of a lot of people die defines the first thing people think about when they think about them Mm-hmm. Which kind of sucks because it nullifies all the hard work you spent throughout your entire life trying to be something and be remembered in some way, only to be remembered by the guy who like shot himself. Yeah. So when the preteen blocks his ear, he is not interested in the tradition of passing down the paternity. He is not partaking in the nonsense. And I said, the Coens really use humanity as their playground. What an interesting way of indulging in one's own thoughts. They never preach. They just make worlds for themselves. They design the entire story around a series of questions and very few statements. And uh, clearly, I had so many more thoughts in my head when I feel like I should build upon them because I went on a tangent that I didn't build upon one that I really wanted to see where it went. Can I ask a question? A tangent from... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that all the Coen Brothers movies 
relate to each other in some way or like they all have like an overarching like similar message yes do you know what that's the the, that's the crucifix paternity is the key word Mm -hmm. paternity is the key word trying to matter trying to matter in this world and then they approach that the subject of paternity in both literal ways and figurative ways and they approach it from every possible angle Mm mm-hmm and I mean, I can explain it with the Big Lebowski because it hit me crystal, crystal clear. The la- last time I watched the Big Lebowski, which is a week ago, it didn't even hit me when I watched it with you guys maybe a month ago. And so the first thing is your legacy is not in your control. And they demonstrate that by showing that there's another Lebowski who is the well achieved, like extremely high achieving. Um, sort of paraplegic guy who has done so much, you know? He has so, so much. He has done so much for his name. He has lots of children, but they're not his children. So he did so much for paternity, but his name will, won't really be passed on. Meaningless. And then Jeff Lebowski, the other one, the dude, he's not trying to make his name matter at all. He's a man who is not interested in paternity at all. He's just sort of interested in living in the film. The reason they use Sam Elliott, I think, is to try and draw perspective that he's not actually a bum. Without Sam Elliott, I don't think you'd understand that there is some real value to him. And Sam Elliott shows that he's, the t- what he said, taken her easy for all us sinners. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on that whole tangent at the end is like oh that's uh, but I happen to know there's a little Lebowski on the way and isn't that just the circle of life and oh look at me rambling again that beautiful beautiful ending of the film and then at some point the Julianne Moore character when they have sex she's in a position to conceive and so clearly she wants a child of the man who does not seek paternity and that's what's so special about this guy. He's just living. He is just living, and that's it. And life tries to kick down the door and tell you that, tell him that it's real. You know that how much realer can a situation be than someone who's threatening to cut off your Johnson? But in the end, it's not real. At least, it's something that he just keeps living because that's what you do. You live. I guess you just live. Just gotta live until you die. It's that's exactly it. The way you're remembered is not is not in your control. That's what I I think. It's with all the things that you've mentioned. It's uh, you can try. You can try really hard to be remembered the way that you want or to have a certain effect, but in the end it's it's a bit out of your control so the dis- the the decision is like do i just let it go and have it be whatever or do i still try my best and continue on with my name well i think it's about being motivated by the name it's just it doesn't result in positive results at least that would be the the, the thesis i would say but clearly at some point in the films they um in a serious man he is feeling he's in the worst like midlife crisis divorce blah 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 
and at that moment he decides to walk to his neighbor and try to offer a friendly deed because he says I'm trying I'm trying to be nice I'm trying to help people maybe that's the way and so that's the only answer I seem to find in the Korn films I in the, the man who wasn't there a film you haven't seen anyway I shouldn't really describe it then he's all, the guy also tries to help and it's clearly clear that that's the only conclusion that they have is that look we can tell you everything is meaningless but what is meaningful is making the world better for the people who are around you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very true but they don't try to preach that you know they they simply don't I think it's uh, I think it's a great way to live your life. I see what you mean. There's yeah. a, a writing piece that has to happen about this, and I feel like it's there's a lot of writing that could happen about it. Needs it, to, it needs to run because 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 it 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 seems like for the past I don't know it's been a week since you've you know realized this. It's it's really on your mind and it's constantly on your mind and. Uh, it needs to be uh, expressed in a cohesive manner and to be able to really wrangle with this idea yourself you know to to try and i don't know if you're looking for an answer but maybe to to get closer to that or to find a conclusion that you might not have thought of because of all these these uh thoughts that you have i agree I mean, so, okay, so what time are each of you busy? Tomorrow. I will leave in uh, around... What did you say, tomorrow? I was like, well, I'm busy at 8. Other than that, I'm not busy. I have around 30, 35 minutes. 40 minutes, 40 minutes. I should be fine. Did we come up with any other... Good ideas. I feel like, uh, you know, having different people could stir up the, you know, just the conversation. And I mean, that's what we're hoping for, right? This, yeah. That's ultimately what will happen, but... Switch me out for someone yeah. else. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I know. It's not, it's not about, it's not about that. It's, uh... <laughs> It's just the stir the conversation. Yeah, new people. Stir the con. Yeah. You guys I don't know, man. I'm, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm. I. I feel like the creative process is the place where we need to. That's 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 our thing, man. That's, and Sarah. <laughs> that's our thing. That's the way. We find something new. We discover something in ourselves. The whole point is not to have the type of conversation that we would have privately. The whole point is to use this as an excuse to explore ideas, knowing that it's being recorded, that you don't have to worry about taking notes. And by adding different people to the mix, you add a different ingredient to your your creative brew that you want to see what it yields. I have been taking notes, though, just so I remember it right after. (laughs) The profound quotes. That's great. Well, that's good. Have you found any profundity? Well, my first note was about the supermarket called Natural Selection where you can go and forage for your own food. I thought that was genius. Um. 
<laughs> something that used. It's funny. I didn't even think about foraging. Oh, that's a great. Okay, okay, that's a great idea. We should develop this idea. Yes, but what would be the location of it? That's the most difficult part. That doesn't matter. Just get a Costco and could, fill it. Have, fill it with the forest. Well, you'd have to put it. Okay, well, the biome you put inside should be relative to what you have outside. Mm-hmm. What else is that? And in some sense, the foraging is... You'd have to be able to make it like abundant enough that you can... Mm-hmm. That a lot of people can forage without... Uh, My biggest fear, though, with it is that it's going to turn into like another like white person experience, if that makes any sense of like going to a place that they can go experience at home, but they choose not to, so they go out trying to find that experience. Sarah, the whole point of the experience, the reason it was called natural selection, was not so white people could be satisfied and have a trendy shopping experience. It's so that you you perilously walk the tightrope of life and death based on your decision-making inside this supermarket. Most of them will have death they will have death and then you'll be able to touch their bones hell yeah on-site archaeologist (laughs) exactly (laughs) move out of the way i'm an archaeologist (laughs) because they decompose that fast (laughs) no that takes days i I guess indiana jones did a he did a big favor did he do a favor for the field of archaeology no if anything, he did a disservice to it. How so? Well, for kids like me who are obsessed with Indiana Jones, they're like, oh, I could go out and find the wonders of the world and then become famous and just prance around the world doing those kind of adventures. But in actuality, most of it is, tw- ten, uh, what is it? 20% of it is actually in the field and the other 80% is sitting, analyzing, writing about it. And most of the wonders have been either destroyed previously or are already discovered and stolen by the British Museum and are on display. So. That's um, that's kind of sad. It is. <laughs> but I'm not surprised. I don't think the, the actual profession of archaeology would make mm-hmm. as exciting a Disney blockbuster film. I, I don't mean any offense oh, by no, that. Oh, no, that's right. I mean, like, the most that we have to discover now is i mean most of the things have either perished or they're in the deepest depths of the ocean or they're in space and the government chooses not to tell us about them so the government what do you guys think of the government we're not going to talk about the government because we don't talk about that subject no politics on the the dinner table (laughs) you you know what we say we don't talk about the government. That'd be a good name for a podcast. The dinner table. Oh my god. I like it. Why Why do you think so? Because it's like talking, like, conversation at the dinner table. I mean, if I did it at my dinner table, it would be silence in a radio show. But that's like, that kind of concept is interesting to me. Going to people's houses and seeing what their dinners are like. Ooh. I mean, I'm open to having a couple different podcasts. <laughs> so one of them's called The Dinner Table. <laughs> and you don't have an intellect. Like, it's a, I imagine it to be an Arab Italian type of dinner table where there's a lot of people talking. Mm-hmm. 
And then you just have like, would you think you could? Interesting question. Do you think you could coherently have two people talking at once? Uh, sorry, two conversations happening at once and be able to, if you tuned your ear to it, hear one or the other? I mean, yeah, isn't that? I that, mean, that is how it happens. Yeah. But over a recording. Oh. Actually, I don't know, but I feel like it would be possible. Yeah. You'd have to try it I out. I guess if see. you pan them, like if you put one conversation on the left and the right speaker, yes. that would be easy. Yeah. But, but to have them over each other, possibly not. We'll just have to find out. Are the, the differences in our voices just the differences of frequency that we have? Or is it something else? I mean, everything is frequency. Mm -hmm. Everything is vibration. Mm -hmm. So the difference between my voice and your voice is just frequency. It's actually called the hyoid bone that helps us determine how we speak. Can you please expand on that? If you, if well, you there's can. a bone that floats. You can't really feel it. on. It's on your neck, kind of close to your jaw, around like where your Adam's apple is, um, called the hyoid. Um, and through like the shaping of it um you can determine how people talk so like that's how um you know like those like fake recordings of people that people have of like how neanderthals used to sound is because they found hyoid bo hyoid bones um and you can kind of what is it reciprocate uh re reconstruct the voice of someone like they did that with um King Tut, too. Yeah. It's like a fingerprint. Oh, wow. It's like a fingerprint? Yeah. But for your voice? Yeah. What is it so called? Could Hive? you theoretically have a surgical procedure that moves the bone? No. It's physically impossible? I mean, I'm not... I haven't heard of anything like that, but... Possibly. As in, if you could move the bone, you could get a deeper voice? Mm -hmm. Well, no, no, it's not like where it's placed on your neck. It's the shape of it. Because it's like a, it's kind of like a C shape. I'll okay, put a, I'll put a, a surgical procedure that changes I'll put a it. diagram of it for you guys to see. Yeah, I got yeah, pull, pull that up, please. I got that on website. That's this is a hyoid bone. Nice. Let's see it. I put it in yeah. Wow. That's a pretty intense bone. But you like it's weird cuz you can't That's you can't really bone. feel it when you At like all? touch your neck, you can't really feel it now. Cuz it's just Jimmy dangling there. Jimmy dangling. <laughs> I, 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 uh, there's this phrase that I learned the other day. It's called hoity toity. Hoity toity? Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, white people enjoy that <laughs> phrase. It's exactly. I, My I response. Hoity toity. <laughs> and I thought it was like the opposite of what it means, which was like run down and bad. Or no. 
trying to. No, okay. <laughs> well, no, sorry. I was looking at the art, uh, up the article that showed how Neanderthals talk because it's really funny actually because it's just like a moaning noise. It's not actually uh, enunciation of words. Oh. That's what it is. It's wow. like, um, it's kind of like where your tongue starts basically in your mouth and that's why it shows or like it um is different for everyone and the tone of their voice i love it it's just different voices mm -hmm. it's like you're a fingerprint it's also not two people can have the same voice nope Except family members, like my sister and I sound exactly the same. No, really? Very much so. We get each other confused on our phones a lot. If you like, leave a message. Oh, you have to say, hi, this is Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> Something like that. Wow. Well, no, my, like my sister so recorded my mom's answering machine. And like the first time I heard it, I thought it was me saying it. I was like, I don't okay, I so you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll try and play it at some point if I can, like, figure out how to do that. But it, yeah, it really sounds similar to me. Well. So, have do you not sound similar to your sisters, or do they not sound anything alike? I feel like uh, there have been multiple instances where I don't know who's speaking. <laughs> But I think it's between my sisters and my mom, even. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, no, I think I think it's okay. Pretty distinguishable. It's okay. In my opinion. But that's cool, though. You're twins, basically. In voice. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm a voice twin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Even though we're... What is it? Not eight years? No, seven years apart? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's incredible to me. Cool. Mm-hmm. And on that note... Are you trying to we'll end it? from our sponsors. I'm not trying anything. He's just saying on that note. Well, usually when people say that, <laughs> it's, it's like an end note kind of thing. That's I know, right? But what, what if <laughs> exactly? Well, what if you use it for? What if you use it on that note? We're going to continue or <laughs> something like that, you know? At the beginning of everything. Yeah, on the, and on that note. And you play an actual music note. Um. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> We on that note we start a new conversation. Can we have on that note? Do we have any questions from the audience? No, from our listeners? I'm not getting anything.
thought there were people here. <laughs> Are there people here? <laughs> A few. Hello. Because I thought, why not just put the microphone right in front of the guitar? Because in the end, it's like, if it doesn't work out, it's just on my track. I can take it out. Mm-hmm. And it's just silence. Wait a minute, what has more value, really? Because in the end, it's English that we're talking about certain subjects that only certain people like about and are interested in. But music speaks language to people beyond language. Whoa. Music speaks language to people beyond language. That's <laughs> profound. <laughs> I'm not sure. Isn't it just some other way of paraphrasing music is a language? I mean, I was being a little bit sarcastic, but yes, you are right. <laughs> but it's still something that's interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Same thing with football, or soccer for that matter. I think soccer is more universal than American football. If that's what you were referring to. We're going to, I think, put an executive order here. If there's ever going to be an executive order on this podcast, I think Sue would agree that uh, we refer to it on as football. Okay, good. <laughs> if there were ever to be an executive order, this would be the executive order. No politics and it's football. You agree? I agree. <laughs> okay, so these are the rules. No politics. Yes. We call it football, but we don't talk football. I agree. Football. Football. I was watching. Uh, it was pretty sunny here, and uh, I was just walking around, and I just sat down in the park. And then I went to the supermarket. I was like, "Cerveja, cerveja." Una breja. Una breja. So I got a breja, cracked it open, and apparently it's uh, illegal to drink in the street, but. That's not just in I was, DC. Uh, <laughs> I was doing c- civil disobedience. <laughs> Somebody give you trouble? I'm a protester. <laughs> I drink in the street because I don't believe. No, but I feel like you could get you could get looks at least, and then if the cop sees you, then yeah. But you didn't get in trouble. No, no. But that does not take away from the fact that I was being, uh, I was acting in civil disobedience. So you're saying you opened a beer in public? Yes. Yes, and I drank it. What a rebel. I mean, you you realize you've just admitted to that. This is on the record. You can put you on (gasps) citizen arrest, right? Is Is that a thing? Is it actually it a thing? It can be a thing. What does it refer to? You, well, it's like if you saw someone like shoot a gun up? and it hit, like killed someone, like you can put them on citizen arrest. People do it for like, it's usually like, I hate to use this term, but like typical Karen when women, like white middle-aged women who like think that everyone's doing wrong by them and they can, they put people on citizen arrest for like stupid reasons. Like, 
you breathed on me when you're supposed to be wearing a mask outside like that kind of stuff but like no one really uses citizen arrest it's kind of a joke but it is real but what is it it's just saying like if if someone other than like uh someone who has law like authority in law sees you doing something illegal they have a right to like put you under arrest until a policeman arrives or someone who has authority to actually arrest you i think <laughs> i feel like the government just wrote that down to to have people f- feel like they have power oh, they they read a lot of things down there, there's a phrase in arabic it's called mm-hmm. which means empty nut like a, a pistachio nut mm-hmm. uh, so basically it's it's like when for example you're playing a game of tag and you have like this five-year-old who's like i want to play i want to play and you don't really want them to play because they they ruin the game but you have to let them or else they'll tell your parents or something like that so we call them fust faldi so that we don't really treat them <laughs> in the way that they should in the game so it's the same from in my opinion it's like the government's give, it's like fust faldi for all of us mm-hmm. it's not so really what if thing. we had um, does Amos do the citizen arrest or no he gets he gets arrested by someone <laughs> what's he doing that gets him arrested he's arrested by the Amish mafia for um out of marital sex that'd be really funny <laughs> it's like you know marital, they come to talk to sex? where's that out of marital out of marital sex, sex. Mm. Marital. Marriage. Marital sex. <laughs> marital sex. Or even like something less, like like Mar- having a like a porn magazine or something. Ooh. But I don't you think it's a little because like, his Amish people aren't going to go into the real world and citizen arrest him. Who would? Who would citizen arrest him? Hmm. Jesus, because Jesus is a man of integrity who's trying to, you know, make a name for himself <laughs> in the United States. Uh, oh, he's not illegal. I thought he was. No, he's not. Ill- you know, he's not illegal, right? But he's he's definitely an immigrant, and he lives like an illegal immigrant. But you know, how else would he have rented the place? Illegally. He built it. <laughs> With his bare no, he's, rent, he's renting it. Remember the landlord puts him... Put, there's a bunk bed in there and Jesus lives there first but then Amos comes to live with him. Mm. Mm. It's in the character notes somewhere. Maybe, maybe it's in the the garden shed of a house of teaching assistants. <laughs> They have a shed in the back. You yes. know. They put a bunk bed in it and they, they figured maybe we'll rent it out. That's perfect. And actually. like a guy with a... What do you what do you call those? Um, bindle and stick. A what? Well, maybe it's a little a stick and bindle. Rearranging, What's a bindle? Rearranging the words doesn't make it um, easier for me to understand. <laughs> <laughs> bindle stick, Sarah. Bindle stick. <laughs> Sarah, it's a stick with a bindle on it. What's a bindle? 
It's a bindle. Oh my god. I'm looking this up. Stick. How about you just keep how about you just keep the image in your head of whatever you think a bindle is? Do you mm. have an image or have you already looked it up? Well, the image I had before was like when kids would play with hoops in a stick. But I did look it up and it's the handkerchief sack at the back of a stick that you carry over your shoulder. Is that correct? A bindle is the bag, yeah. sack, or carrying device stereotypically used by the American subculture of hobos. <laughs> a bindle stiff was another name for a hobo who carried a bindle. The bindle is a colloquial no colloquially known as the blanket stick, particularly within the Northeastern hobo community. Mm. <laughs> Are <Okay>. you anyway? <laughs> this is crazy. So he sh they, they live in they live in the definitely the garden shack because that's how they can interact with these people who work at the boarding school. And that's how you can make the story. Because let's be honest, the show has to be based at, at a boarding school, right? That's just, that's the lives that all of us can talk about that nobody else can really, who's writing, talks about. Mm -hmm. I think it was always based on, it was always um, taking place at a boarding school. Right? Yeah. Do you think that these two guys should smoke weed with some of the students, just like in the show? Yes. Because they're they're not affiliated. Like that becomes but an issue. But it has to be like it has to be a first time experience kind of thing for both of them. Yes, Ooh, I agree with so that. Cool. With the two, yeah, exactly. They're just up at the rock or something, yeah. and they. Uh, but they're 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 not exploring hiking. They're just two guys walking around, and they went like just walking because they thought there would be something interesting, and then they ended up ended up there. Mm -hmm. And there's two teenagers. And then it sort of ensues into a whole problem because the teaching assistants are in hot water because their tenants are smoking weed with the students. And it's. I think Amos should like try and be so. cool about it and like call it by like every name in the book. Be like, ah, oh, you got the Mary Jane, the hash, like, well, not hash, but like all like the cheesy names for it. What if he has just one name for it and it's a very funny name? Like anything, like the Michael Jackson, because it's like MJ, but it's not Mary Jane. <laughs> I don't know. That was the first thing that came to mind. The Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah, because you get high like Michael Jordan. Ooh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> I don't know why it's called Mary Jane. Like she invented marijuana, 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 Mary Jane, the iguana. The iguana. <laughs> oh, it's because someone called it Mary Jane. That's it. Rick James. Mm. Hmm. 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 I think I should let mm. you guys know that my setting right now is that I have five candles burning the same scent just to really fill up my senses with relaxation because they're all, they're all <laughs> lavender so oh that's great that's gonna make you fall asleep oh yeah but the things i burn i'm like all day it... so i'm just a little woozy all day so relaxed yes. 
So I don't need any Just completely. weed to relax. Thank you. I have enough lavender candles to do that for me. <laughs> do you think that there's some conceivable reality where that, that actually is the case? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's like sniffing markers. I get you there. Are you happy with your engagement with the lavender? Oh, yes. It's very calming. But also, like... Calming. It's also funny because I just am overloading with candles because I forgot that outside of college, it's not a, like, a fire violation to have one in my room and light it. Adulthood. Just different. How can we, how can we describe Hoja to Sohaib? Without making it clear to anybody else who's listening who this person might be. <laughs> um, first off, you've met this person um, and filmed... Your favorite guy. Your favorite filmed guy. him. You said it was the best thing you ever filmed. <laughs> it, it is. It honestly is. At least that you I know. We call him Hoja. Um... He seemed to cross so, between many personalities so, within a short amount of time of you guys meeting him, if that makes sense. Yes. He's, uh, he also is currently employed by the same institution you're employed in. Aren't, isn't that the case? Yeah. But I think I already told you that the other day. What? He is taking over um, Amos's position down the street for the quarantine kids. But he also will probably be staying in the parsonage too, which is gonna be interesting. What? 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 <laughs> <sighs> Wait. See, so you know who we're talking about, right? Let's be clear. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. But yes. It's a shame. That's a real shame for the parsonage. I know. It's just like the value of the parsonage just went down. <laughs> it did. In my head, it did. Yeah. Okay, well, that's pretty, I guess, cool for the people who live there. Uh, I think only for one person, but yeah. <laughs> Empty yeah. statement number nine. <laughs> Everyone else is kind of on the same page about how they feel about him. If he messes up once, knocked out. You're out. You're out of here. Well, no, we said we would physically fight him. So... <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> fist fist fight. I mean, was he there to witness uh, how fierce RJ was when he kicked down the door? <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. That was a, that was like the first time we did it in that side room. The door's still down. Yeah. It's not fixed. <laughs> we did it. We did it twice, didn't we? In that side room. Yeah, but he the door fell in like the first time we did oh. it, and um. What's his name? There were two episodes. There was one with the lady who didn't like the camera being pointed yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, that was the one that the that was the door came down. Yeah, that was the night, I think. Yeah. It can't it like fell down on its own completely off the hinges the other night. But the first night it was only like kind of halfway on and off. We can we can roll huh. back the clips. We have it. Or do we? Well, on that note, 
on that note. I, uh, I do believe that I must retire. Mm. Um, I, I must, uh, I have, how do I explain this? <laughs> I must retire. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Nothing uh, else. Oh, oh, oh. Sounds, sus- <laughs> uh, Sounds a little suspicious, but okay. Listen, think of it as whatever you want. All I can give you at this moment is the hi- my history of how I presented myself to you. And through that, you can extrapolate extrapolate what I might be doing. Many assumptions are coming to mind. Well, I can't really help you with that because <laughs> that's your mind and... It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, yeah, you can't help me with that. that so, think whatever you want. And I'm going to do what I need to do. Okay. And on that note... Suspicious or not suspicious. He's going to be working on his documentary. (laughs) Cats out of the bag. Whispering into the microphone so people know. So I was Uh, pretending to be mysterious. No, it's... uh, See, uh, I'm going to say the same thing to you as well, Rob. It's... I got to do what I got to do. I cannot explain it. It sounds like he's a hitman right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the mystery. <laughs> he's a mysterious man. Mysterious man. Do a mysterious mysterious man walking from a distance. Do you guys know that video? Anyways. <laughs> Alright. Anyways, on that note. Is this a real stop? We should make a podcast called On That Note. <laughs> stop. <laughs> No oh, shit. <laughs> Stop. Okay.